Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hello, dear friends. As you may know, Friday, March 10th was the 20th anniversary of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the television series debuting in the United States. In observation of this global holiday, (laughs) I wrote a special song called Demons to Fight, inspired by my personal experience of being impacted by the show. You can download that song for free by visiting bufferingthevampireslayer.com. It's really good. Oh, thanks. It really is. It's so great. And thank you for writing it. Thanks for making me write it. I did make you write it. Um, Before we get into today's episode, the other thing that we want to let you know is that we have new merchandise. I say that hesitantly because we have sold through two runs of the new shirts uh, thus far. We have a new shirt that says Just Keep Fighting, designed by Allison Weiss, and a new shirt that says Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy, designed by Isabella Rotman. They are in our store, which you can find by going to that same website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com, and just clicking on store. Uh, and we are doing our best to keep them in stock. Thank you so much for the overwhelming response. Uh, the designs by both of those two people were phenomenal, and we love them just as much as you. Um, and we also have a brand new pin in the store that is taken from the design from Christine Tuna. It's a little moon with a little stake and a little hand. It's Yay. enamel and it rules. So you can go on over and get yourself some buffering merch if you want. And if it's out of stock, just be patient. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook at Buffering Cast and we will let you know when we restock those items. We're doing our best. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, with all of that under our belts, let's do this. to buffering the vampire slayer good day podcast good day where we'll be watching changed it up folks and discussing (laughs) every episode of buffy the vampire slayer one by one i am jenny owen youngs and i am Kristen russo and this week we are talking about season two episode nine what's my line part one Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. What's My Line, part one, was written by Marty Knoxon. Marty Knoxon! And Howard Gordon. And Howard Gordon. Sorry, sorry. And Howard Gordon. I'm just excited about Marty Knoxon. Me too. (laughs) And directed by David Solomon. It originally aired on November 17th, 1997. Wow. Just a few days before... My 16th birthday? Yeah. Aw. Wow. Cool. That's so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) This is the one where Spike brings in three professional bounty hunters to eliminate Buffy while she ponders on what her profession might be if her fate wasn't already sealed. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It's been very hard lately to watch the first part of these two-part episodes and not watch the second episode. Mm-hmm. We did a, um, a live Buffy watch to celebrate the anniversary, and we watched Welcome to the Hellmouth, and it was almost impossible to not continue <laughs> with the harvest. I was like, Luke, what's going to happen? He's yeah. in the crypt with mm-hmm. the... Okay. <laughs> but that's that's that episode, and this is this episode. Kristen just wants a Luke prequel spinoff series. I would watch a Luke spinoff series so (laughs) hard. So hard. Wow. I would. I love Luke. Speaking of so hard, Uh, you know what's tough? (laughs) Having to endure career week when you've already been fated Mm. as the chosen one to slay vampires for the rest of your natural life. This is like like how, how elementary schools do like, you know, 
bring your mom to work day or bring your mom to work bring your mom to school day like they do like mother's day celebrations but Mm -hmm. some kids like don't have a mom or they have two dads or like whatever and they're like what do i do on this day because no one took my family structure into consideration Mm -hmm. and this is what's happening to buffy here buffy is like the fuck guys like i what why didn't you take into consideration the fact that there might be a slayer in your midst Mm -hmm. who can't have a career because she will either be dead or still slaying vampires you know um i don't know if this will help buffy feel any better probably not but career week seems like kind of a sham yeah, Xander calls it out right at the jump, like right at the start. Xander is like, I don't understand how these tests that we're taking could possibly determine who we're going to be for the rest of our lives, which he's saying in the context of career week, but I read, heard, whatever, as a commentary on standardized testing. Wow. You know? Yeah. But that, I have a lot of feelings about standardized testing. Don't we all? Um, but I... <laughs> Come on, we do. You yes. don't have feelings? No, about- I do have feelings. About, but the idea of standardized testing as something that like a lot of people have like very passionate feelings about, just like, I'm just not sure. I mean, a lot of people have either been to school or have been to school and also have kids in school. So okay, I okay. think it's a, I'll throw down on it. You okay, know I mean? no need to throw down. I was, Ray, I was, I went to a school that was very anti-standardized testing. Um, and so I think I've had it in my brain for a long time that making people take tests to measure their aptitude is a pretty tricky thing. And I agree with you that it, for careers, it's, it's super tricky as well. How do you, come on. Do you like shrubs? Yeah. I mean, it's so, <laughs> there's a prison guard booth specifically. Like, it just seems like too, it's like too micro and too macro simultaneously. Wow. But here we are. Talking and you know who loves anyway. career day? Principal Snyder. Well, I don't know if he loves it so much as he endures it and embraces it as something children don't like. Right. Well, maybe? that's yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that Principal Snyder loves any time that he has authority over the students and can make them feel horrible about themselves. Right. right <laughs> which right, is right, right. which happens here. Um but but let's let's start at the beginning. So, we enter this episode in the classic fashion of a banner pan down. We we, we focus in on career day. And then we pan down. And I remember <laughs> this move from Halloween because we focused in on the jack-o'-lantern sale, whatever right, it was. It was right. like Bob's pumpkin patch. Yep, yep, yep. We pan also down. may have seen a similar thing in Inca Mummy Girl at the, at the, at Natural the History Museum Cultural Exchange, cultural exchange. Exhibition. And who knows what we saw for the science fair. Yeah. A lot of, you know, you got to give Sunnydale High School some credit. A lot of extracurricular activities. Yeah, yeah. Also, remember when Buffy was painting that banner? Yeah. For uh, Parent Teacher Night? Right. They love a banner. They love a good banner. Well, think back on your high school experience. Yeah, and a lot of banners. The occurrence of banners. They were <laughs> everywhere. You know who was always making banners at my school? Who? The cheerleading squad. Oh. You were very observant of the cheerleading squad at your high school? Well, not in like a uh-huh. hey ladies way. It was because of, it was a, just a different time for me. I was like. Huh, cheerleaders, huh, football, huh. Uh, little you know? did you know that you that that feeling was actually masking your true feeling, which was fear that at any moment they might break out into synchronized movements. Yes, thus <laughs> rendering me, uh, you know, out of control of my yeah. mechanical functions. You hate it. You hate when women move at the same time <laughs> in the same way. It disturbs me in ways I can't. Hope to explain, but Willow I also has... like had like a weird fascination with the. Cheer- we don't have to get into my whole cheerleading squad thing because you kind of wanted to be a cheerleader. A I didn't want to be a cheerleader, but like I wanted to kind of make fun of them for being cheerleaders, but like in a in a fun way. Like I wanted us to like all be in on the joke, Aww. and I wanted them to like make fun of me Aww. for being not a cheerleader. Uh, you saw in your world a vision of. I mean, in your brain, a, a vision of a world where we could exist despite our differences. Exactly. And celebrate each other. That's what I'm talking about, by making fun of each other. Uh, yeah. What a great world that would have a been. A good-natured ribbing. Yes! <laughs> I'm always in favor of a good-natured ribbing. Moving right along. Moving right along. Um, Kate is not with us this week, so I am going to carry the torch of talking about some fashion moments. Carry that torch. I will not. Uh, please. Last week's fashion episode with the tweed i'm then that i can't touch Kate's that was extraordinary genius. 
But I do want to say that I definitely was a willow in this episode. My Kristen, 1997, dressed very much like a willow in this episode. She was wearing, right, right when she walked in, she had like maroon corduroys or maroon textured pants uh-huh, uh-huh. with a green sweater that had orange arms. It was like the entire autumnal palette. Exactly. If you were to set your table for Thanksgiving dinner, you'd yes. use Willow's outfit. Seriously. Or Kristen 1997's outfit. I, right. I really went the same Earth Tony. You can route. even reference for accuracy mm-hmm. our recent uh, refabrication of our ni- of us as our 1997 yes. selves yes. in celebration of the Buffy 20th anniversary. You can find pictures of me and Kristen in our freshly purchased and freshly washed <laughs> Salvation Army outfits. Uh, yeah, we'll put that up on Patreon for everyone. So you don't have to be a, a supporter. You can just see oh, yeah, it so that it's, it's in a centralized central location. location. Kristen also bleached uh, a streak in her hair. I which did. You guys. Very, very impulsively. I was driving to go swimming and I knew Jenny and I had planned for the 20th anniversary to go to the Salvation Army to purchase clothing because that's what we did in high school. That's where we got our clothing in high school, mm-hmm. both of us and many people in the 90s. Um, and we were going to, you know, get get as close to how we looked on March 10th, 1997 for the live watch that we did together with many of you. And I was I was like, I'm going to go swimming and then I'll meet you at the Salvation Army. And I'm driving to go swimming. And on my way, I'm like, what would I have worn in 1997? Like trying to brainstorm. And all of a sudden it hit me. Oh, my God. In 1997, I would have had my blonde streak. I had one streak of hair. If you are familiar with my so-called life, you will remember <laughs> a character named Rayanne Graff, who I was obsessed with in high school and I wanted to be just like her and I was much more an Angela Chase and but I wanted to be a Rayanne just like Angela Chase and um <laughs> I so I dyed my hair just like her I got a blonde streak and I had it for years I think I did it in 1996 or maybe even 1995 and I had it until about 2003 or something maybe even longer wow was a really big trademark of me it was it was like my thing and then I let it grow out at some point and I never got it back and then you know I, I think about it all the time and I was like maybe I'm too old now to have like a blonde streak in my hair and I've been back and forth like a fool like a, like a silly fool Ooh, just waiting for permission just, yeah waiting for permission from who and then I had this moment where I was like oh my god I have to do this I literally like I have to do it right now so I yelped a salon and Found one. I called them. They were like, one streak. We'll do that for $30. And I was like, score. Made an appointment. Texted Jenny and was like, meet me at the salon at 1.30. Oh, my God. <laughs> and there we went. And it now I have a blonde streak. was so great. And I feel like I've come back to myself. It looks tremendous. I'm not even like. It looks so great. Maybe via podcast I sound like I'm being facetious in a way. And I'm not. I like feel like I have returned to myself yeah. in a way that I could cannot describe. So I can't see it going anywhere anytime soon. Great. Anyway, you know, thank you for taking that blonde streak tangent with me. Yeah. Um, but I have Buffy to thank. You know. Thanks, Buffy. I already had so many things to thank Buffy for, and now I can thank I can thank <laughs> you for another thing, Buffy, for helping me find myself in another way, a hair dying way. Oh, and I appreciate that. I appreciate it too, from the you know from the person who's not you who mm. gets to look at your blonde streak all day. Right. It's great. I love it. Thank you so much. So Cordelia is mean to Xander. Buffy doesn't know if she likes shrubs. <laughs> Buffy's also very grumpy. Yeah. No, everyone's grumpy in this episode. This is a big grump episode. Everyone is on edge. Giles is on edge. He yells at Xander. Buffy is on edge. She yells at everyone. Angel is on edge. Mm-hmm. Who else? Spike. Very grumpy. So grumpy. He can't. He snaps at Drusilla, which Aww. is so so sad, but so hilarious. It, Drusilla really reminded me of myself when Jenny does something like that to me, you know? Like, very, <laughs> very dramatically wounded, you know? Like, yes. you'll snap at me and I'll be I know. like, no. And then I get I wilt like a flower. Uh-huh. Yes, you and, do. And it works every time. Well. Just like it worked for Drusilla. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so also when we see Spike and Drusilla, we meet a new vampire who I have called, I have named Harry Potter Vamp. <laughs> He's the Harry Potter Vamp. He's got little spectacles. He's very smart. Little sweater vest. Little sweater vest. Studious. Yeah. His name is Dalton, but His, let's yeah. just call him HPV. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> good old HPV. <laughs> on the scene. Always there. 
when you need them. <laughs> oh, wow. Jokes about STIs are my favorite. Great. Okay, great, great, so great. <laughs> I love his squeak when Spike, like, yanks him up from the chair. Uh-huh. So great. And then, you know, Spike and Drusilla have this moment, right, where Spike snaps at Drew, and Drew gets very sad, and um, Drusilla is using her tarot cards, which are, <laughs> are we we read a little bit about the tarot cards that Marty Noxon was like, I don't really know about tarot cards, so I'm going to make them fit <laughs> what just I, put whatever just I need. Put, yeah, them. I would like this to be on the tarot cards. I'm curious to, to hear if any of you, um, I'm sure that a lot of you know a lot about tarot mm-hmm. uh, who are listening, so I would be curious to hear your thoughts. If you have some thoughts on that tarot deck that we see in this episode, write at us and let us know um, what you're thinking. Because I, yeah. There's... It's very beautiful. It is gorgeous. And tarot, I mean, you know, tarot decks, I don't know a lot about them, but I have had a few in my life. And wow. um, they are very varied, you know. And mm. they and they can, people do take, I think, big artistic liberties with portraying the thing that is supposed to be on the card. Um, so I read that little thing about the tarot deck, but I'm not 100% behind it yet. And I, that's why I want to hear from somebody who knows more about tarot. Because... I think you are, you know, allowed to take certain liberties with the illustrations so long as the general idea of the card is there. But I don't know. I'm just I'm just making stuff up as I do. It sounded really convincing. Yeah, I, I can also do that. I wonder <laughs> I wonder what the centipede card might mean under other circumstances. Yeah, the centipede card is the one that gives me the most pause. But like the tiger card, I feel like. Uh, pretty sure it's a jaguar. I'm sorry. Uh, Jaguar card. I I want you to know, listeners, that probably 70% of my relationship to Jenny is misnaming large cats and being corrected. (laughs) It's true. No. Okay, fine. But at least 10%. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyhow, the thing that I was leading to was Spike and Drusilla, after this moment of snapdom, come together in the sweetest, most loving way. I love their love so much. Spike, the, right before the credits, Spike picks Drusilla up and spins her around in his arms because she wanted to dance, but she's too weak to dance, you oh guys. Oh, my God. It's really nice. Oh, I love it. And also <sighs> kind of mirrors all of the spinning that Buffy does later when she's uh, oh, skating at the ice, ice rink That's by herself. True. Buffy on ice. Jenny, I, don't, I know you've written a lot of songs lately. Uh, I know there's been a lot of music, a lot of Buffy music in your life lately, but I just want to say that Spike has, Spike certainly has a jingle coming his way. I know a lot of you are impatient for the Spike jingle. We will give you the jingle when it, when he earns it. Yes. And he's not there yet. But you know, I think that Spike and Drusilla deserve a collective love jingle. Wow. I feel stronger about their love at this point than I feel about anybody else's love. Wow. So, um, that's a lie. Except for Giles and Ethan Rain. <laughs> but besides, besides Giles and Ethan Rain, number one love, Spike and Drusilla. So wow. just think on it. Think okay, on it. I'm going to have a think. Great. And we'll see if anything comes up. Great. So, okay. More songs. Great. So the credits, right? We've yes. Gotten, we're, we're only 20 minutes in. We're going <laughs> <laughs> to... It's like the more we do this podcast, the more I have to say about every episode. By the end, by season seven, each episode will we'll be, be like, like segmented. Four, yeah, four <laughs> yeah. parts. <laughs> um, okay. So, so here's HPV stealing across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buffy's all like, huh? Vampires stealing. Yeah. And then she kills one, but then HPV gets away. Right. And uh, you know what I really liked in the scene um, that I don't think we've seen before? She dusts that vamp, and then we see the dust yes. splash into the, the little fountain pool. I liked that. Great touch. Some metaphysics right there. Uh, extreme metaphysics. Yeah. Um, and, and then Buffy crawls through her window despite <laughs> despite <laughs> Joyce being away in Los Angeles on art business. Art biz. Uh, and uh, it, by, it, by force in, of habit. In her room is Angel. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Buffy, you scared me, said Angel while clutching a small stuffed pig to his bosom. <laughs> the fuck? Well, first mention of Angel's bosom in yeah, our podcast. But hopefully not the last. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great moment. I really love Angel in, in this like period of time. 
I really enjoy the like uh, angel falling for Buffy, Buffy falling for Angel, Angel. Yeah, yeah. It's very sweet and very you endearing. Know, they're just a regular kid and her cradle robbing <laughs> creature of the night boyfriend. <laughs> it's so. so nice though that they have like a humorous rapport around this. You know, it's great. They don't. They they understand who they are to each other. And and this scene is really important. Actually, I think this episode is a very important episode for Buffy and Angel because you know we've seen Buffy say she loves Angel and like obviously there's their relationship is developing but there's something really specific about their scenes in this episode yeah um this scene in the bedroom where like he's looking at pictures of her as a kid and Uh she's telling uh him how what do you have to say you can't even hey romantica okay that's all you had to get out yeah She, she like was like jumping up and down in her seat. No, I was thinking about later how when they're at the ice rink after yes. they, they fought with the Taraka dude, how Buffy is like, oh, this cut over your eye, and Angel's like, you shouldn't have to touch me when I'm in vamp face. Uh-huh. And then Sarah Michelle Gellar spreading it on like somebody ordered fucking triple extra mayo on their goddamn sandwich. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Like, touching his face and fucking just turning it up to 11. Yes. I'm into it. Turn it up to 17. Yeah. No, I, well, I mean, uh, has she turned 17 yet? <laughs> She's about to. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but yeah, that, that was the other scene that I was going to reference. But in the, in the bedroom too, you know, it's like that, that moment that you have when you start dating a person and you get to a place where you start talking about your childhood. Yeah. And like, yeah. You know, you're And then they're to- like, there's an ice rink out on Route 17. It's closed, it's closed on, on Tuesdays. Tuesdays. And then you're like, tomorrow's Tuesday. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. What are you. the odds? God, you know, I'm just sitting here trying to have a serious moment and old ba-dum-bum-cha over in the corner. It's both serious and hilarious. It is. Um, but yeah, I feel that a lot happens between these two and, um, you know, but also Buffy is super snappy to Angel, like we discussed. Very snappy. Also, Angel has a moment that I love where he's like, Bobby's like, oh, well, this stuff is going on at school. And Angel's like, career week. <laughs> and she, she looks at him like, yeah, what? And he's like, I lurk. <laughs> Which is just, again, calling out what we know to be true about Angel. He's always lurking yeah. around some corner. Like, like a see, it seems like Sunnydale High School never closes. It just empties and darkens and then... <laughs> you know, repopulates, yeah. but is never locked. Mm-hmm. I like to picture Angel sort of walking through the halls at like two in the morning, looking for like, <laughs> looking through all of like the art classes, like work that's Aww. hung up in the hallway, like looking for Buffy's oh, uh, seeing if like it's still life. Yeah, seeing if like she's drawn his face. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or a mirror, an empty mirror. Oh my God, an empty symbolize mirror. symbolize his face. Wow. Um, great. So back to the high school. Speaking of the high school, everybody hmm. learns their career assignments. Do you buy Xander as a prison guard? No. Here's the only, like the worst possible, like right now Xander is 16. He could go anywhere. <laughs> he could develop in so many different ways and we'll see him develop in the way that he does develop per mm-hmm. the canon of the story. But I could see Xander ending up working at like Litchfield Oh my god. Prison. Like I could see him being That's a guard true. at like a women's prison and being like like he could either be the guy he that gets Daya the... pregnant or he could be Spoiler. Spoilers for <laughs> Orange is the New Black. <laughs> Uh, or he could be porn stash. Like I think he would be porn. The p- porn stash is a is a nice. Uh, does anyone else call him porn stash? Uh, yeah, that's what they call him on the okay, show. Okay, I, I just panicked that that was our nickname for him. No, no, no. Um, okay. No, he's bad. Bad. He's well, but he's, he's like he's complicated. Damaged. He's right. Exactly. He's ba- of course he's bad, but he's yeah. I think that might be an interesting. Okay, whatever. You know what? Enough the Xander. point is, we don't need to get seven hundred thousand more emails about Xander. I can't wait for more Xander ah. emails. That folder's really filling up in our inbox. We Xander literally emails. have a Xander email inbox file. Um, but anyway, moving right along, the one thing I did want to talk about in this um, career conversation that they have in this moment is that uh, Buffy gets assigned to law enforcement. And I just thought it was um, something to be noted that the way that they describe law enforcement here is polyester, donuts, and brutality. Yeah. Because we're in 1997, and I think a lot of people, especially if you're a younger person Mm -hmm. just visiting the series, you know, maybe you think that the conversation around, like, 
police brutality and is new. is new. It's very, very old, uh, much older than 1997. But I just thought it was um, interesting that, you know, that line could have been written verbatim today and been just as relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting is the wrong word. Totally fucked up. How, mm. That's a better word, mm-hmm. a collection of words. Um, then we go to the library. And there's Buffy being as 16 as she can be. <laughs> so 16. <laughs> uh, snipping and snapping, talking about how she has no time to shop. She'd have as much time to shop if she were dead as she does now yep. because of her Slayer duties. Yep. And then she uh, says something about the whole nine yards. We looked it up and turns out the reason that that must have been in there and Giles didn't answer her right away of where that phrase came from is because kind of no one knows. Nobody knows. No one knows where the the whole nine yards came from. People are like, ah, maybe it came from uh, no one knows. She also says, have a cow, Giles, which is not the common usage. What's the common usage? Don't have a cow, man. Yeah, but she's saying that he is having a cow. I think it's peculiar. I think it's great writing. I'm not saying it's not great writing. No, I know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying it reminds me of the way you write lyrics, you know? Wow. You like to turn things on their heads. just fucking you don't... turning it right around on me I'm here. just saying that that's the way you use words. It's a great way to use. I love to turn phrases inside out. I it's great. Okay. Says my wife. Well, what I wanted to mention in this um, piece of the show is also the way that Giles and Buffy are interacting. Because a lot of times, I mean, there is like a dadliness to it. But more than that, there's like an old married couple vibe to this exchange you know where like they kind of get in like they get to a tense place and then Giles is like do we have to be introspective right now can we just focus on the cross yeah which I felt which reminded me of an old married couple because it reminded me of us yeah didn't we just end a conversation that way last night right where like you start to get into your emotions and then you're like you know what we do this every day Let's just, <laughs> let's skip the feelings today and just get to the point. One day. Let's just get to the point. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of Giles Buffy tension. Then we go back to Spike's who's place. also snapping and snipping. He's got, he has some anger issues. He kicks a box. Uh, also, Dalton bringing the wisdom. You mean the H- Slayer, HPV. HPV. The Slayer is trouble. Thank you, Dalton. Thank you for this helpful contribution to the conversation. It's like as though he wouldn't have learned by now to not interrupt. I mean, to not like say anything about the Slayer, first of all, because it's an obvious trigger it's point for Spike. for Spike. Absolutely. But like he's being romantic with Drusilla, really bad timing, HBV. Yeah. Um, also, Spike Spike brings up uh, calling on the order of Taraka. Yes. And uh, HPV is like, don't you think that's overkill? And Spike says, no, I think it's just enough kill. And I'd like to move, if the Order of Taraka is still in operation, mm-hmm. I think maybe now would be a good time for them to adopt just enough kill. Ooh, as their slogan? As their slogan, yeah. Order of Taraka, just enough kill. Yeah. That's nice. They could get t-shirts made. Oh, that's so nice. Little, like, caps. Yeah, you should let Willie at the bar know. He'll, he'll communicate Willie! <laughs> yeah, it's our first time that we see Willie. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but... Yeah. Uh, first time we meet Willie, we'll see Willie again. He runs a demon bar, yeah. no big deal. He, yeah. But before we get to Willie, we get to Snyder. Snyder Ugh. has a nice moment here. Laying down a blanket of frost upon oh, the children of Sunnydale. Just coming in to tell Xander that he's stupid and that... A waste of air. An airborne toxic yeah. event is the Jesus. quote that he used. Um, but And then... Okay, so sidebar, there's this little subplot that doesn't go anywhere in this particular episode, and I actually don't remember if it goes anywhere, where these two men in black, I call them, Mm -hmm. whisk Willow away to- Behind uh, the black velvet curtain that's been hung in front of the student lounge. Yeah, where they're serving canapes. Uh, Being served canapé by a guy in like a white, like- tuxedo jacket butler outfit yeah and and so too fancy she, she's been selected to meet with the head of bliggity blah some software company some software company along with oz who has the su- best uh, look the best look he's holding the plate of snacks he looks he's over. staring at them and then he looks at her and his moment of recognition, his neck like grows like three inches. Yeah. He's just like, what? It's that girl. Right. It's like it's like you can see in his mind every moment that he said to date, who is that, that girl? Click, click, click. Yeah. And there she is. So great. So, so great. Um, so, yeah. So the, and then my I go right to uh, the Delac grave 
situation. Sure. You don't want to mention that there's a pyramid tomb that pyramid? they walk by in that cemetery. Oh. Didn't Greenwood Cemetery have a pyramid tomb or two? I don't remember that, but I do know that Nicolas Cage either purchased a oh. pyramid tomb or has has like Boy. ordered he bought the space in a cemetery in to New Orleans build to build a, a large pyramid for himself. Mm, that is interesting. Yeah. Is there like a magical purpose to that? Probably. probably right? Okay. It's probably something. Well, I'm glad we talked about it. Um, no, the thing that I like in this scene is this moment. And I it was, it was funny because I said earlier in the episode to Jenny, like, does anyone ever wonder, like, does Joyce ever ask Buffy why she's wearing a crucifix next necklace? Or sorry, not a crucifix, a, a cross. Right, right. Because um, we don't see them go to church. Right. Like, we get a very strong, we don't get a very strong, like, religious vibe coming from the Summers household. So, you know, if your 16-year-old daughter who you haven't raised in, you know, an extremely religious way <laughs> is wearing a cross around her neck, it just seems like a point of conversation. But... Then I thought this was interesting because I I felt my point was proven about their experience with religion mm. when Giles is like, oh, you know, this is this is the kind of place where they keep fingers or some other body parts of like saints. <laughs> and Buffy says, note to self, religion, freaky. Pretty um, great. Which kind of underlines, right. But my point. But I think in the 90s, people were wearing crosses regardless Actually, of their you know church attendance. You're right. Yeah. You are correct, Jenny. I'm sorry. I forgot. You're right. Um, so Duloc, 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 Duloc. Right, 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 right. So we find out that he, that, that the thing that was probably taken from the grave was a, a key to unlock mm -hmm. the book that Giles had that was coded. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Then um, we see yes. some Order of Taraka members arrive in Sunnydale. We see basically Sabretooth. Yeah. We see <laughs> Sabretooth get off of a bus. We see, we see Worm Man. Worm Man. Na Nathan Pfister? 
Yeah, and I um, I remember, so I've only seen the series once, and I don't remember a lot of details. I remember this guy. He makes an impression. He really made an impression on me. As soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, no, it's the guy whose arm is made of worms. Oh, it's Norman Fister. Sorry. Norman Fister. Uh, so he uh, promptly moves into the house next door to Buffy. And then we see a beautiful woman in silk pajama bottoms. Uh, emerge from the hold of a plane after knocking out the poor innocent plane checker man yes you know but yeah a beautiful a beautiful lady in silken pajama pants perfect i really do love her outfit it's amazing Fucking she solid, looks incredible solid clothing choices um jenny said we weren't allowed to say i feel like it's weird that we're not saying her name and i just want to let you know it's because jenny has a plan <laughs> She said to me before we started recording the episode, this is how I want to play it. I just want to refer to her as a beautiful woman until... in silk pajama bottoms until we get to a certain point. So Was that, that so wrong? So No, it's not wrong, but I felt like I needed to lift the curtain. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so then uh, the Scoobies are in the library. Xander's making some jokes. Slay Slew. Cross-O-Matic. Slay Slew is Willow. First oh. of all. Well, whatever. People are talking about stuff. Parasomatic is Xander, and Xander has a really great, or they all have a great moment after Xander makes his jokes, and he just, like, looks around the room. <laughs> they, they just fall with a thud, and everyone's like, do we have to acknowledge that uh, that just happened? Th- that's a great edit. They gave just enough time yeah, for, for everyone to see <laughs> my favorite moment. Okay. And they're all researching Delac, and w- one of their sources, apparently, is an issue of National Geographic yeah. that Willow is reading that Delac was... I guess, featured in, in some way. That checks out to me. It seems like the kind of story that National Geographic would cover. Do you think they had to yeah. get permission from National Geographic? Don't know. Probably, right? Maybe. I don't think you can just put National Geographic on your show, which is awesome if they did have to check with National Geographic. Mm. And Nat Geo was like, yeah, yes, we love your show. We love your show. Mm. Put, put us on there. We would totally write an, uh, an article about Delac. <laughs> Um, and then Buffy is like, I got to bounce because I got to go ice skating. And all the dudes are like, but you can't. And then Willow's like, oh, no, it's really important for her to leave and rest. <laughs> Which is great. Which is great. Helping out. Hel- helping a girl out. Um, I also just want to make a note here. Buffy's wearing a different cross around her neck. It's tiny. From this point on, into, from this point to the end of the episode, it's a small cross. Yeah, maybe she's having the cross that Angel gave her polished at the I just, silvery. I wondered if there was like some significance. And I tried, you know, we get emails from you guys so often that when I, I ask questions like this, you know, people are like, well, Kristen, the red streak on his face was to mirror right. the blah, blah, blah. And it's so smart. And I'm like, man, they're always so smart. And so I sat and I thought and I thought and I thought. And I tried to think of a really smart reason why she would not have the big cross on. And now she would have the small cross. And I couldn't do it. So I guess it's just not my role. It's yours. If you have some theories. Please let us know. Please let us know. Or maybe they just lost the cross that day for for shooting. Could be. <laughs> um. Oh, the ice skating rink. What a montage. So, flippity, um, flippity do. Sarah Michelle Geller on her resume, professional ice skater. We learned with some cursory Googling mm. that Darla, Julie uh, Benz, Julie Benz, <laughs> or maybe both of them. Right. <laughs> um, Dar- uh, Julie Benz was ranked like the 12th best ice skater in the US. And then later, Michelle Trachtenberg. How to learn how to be a great ice skater for a Disney thing in 2005. Now, so, if you don't know who Michelle Trachtenberg is, don't look it up. Never mind. <laughs> You'll, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll just get there. hold your horses. So anyway. So anyway. Buffy is just skating her heart out, waiting for her BF to show up, when suddenly she's yanked out of the rink by the neck by- mm-hmm. Taraka uh, number one. Sabretooth. Sabretooth. <laughs> uh, they're struggling. Then Angel shows up and he's like, I'm a vampire. And then. And then. Buffy grabs a hold of the net and picks her whole bottom half of her body up and uses the blade on her ice skate yes. to slit his throat. Um, That happens. It's so great. It's I think it's my favorite kill so far. Have you ever seen somebody get their throat cut and then not bleed at all? No, but you told me it was because it was on the WB and they probably couldn't show it. I did tell you that. So I don't know and if that's I stand true. by it. Because I was really excited because there's nothing more powerful than blood trickling out over ice or snow. 
it's a very powerful image. So when it happened, right. I was like really excited for the image and then I didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, just really excited for that pool of blood to yeah. start growing. Yeah, but I, this is kill. I don't know if you've ever watched Lost. There's a, an episode of Lost where Saeed um, kills a guy with his thighs. He uh, like yes. snaps the guy's neck using his thigh muscles. Hell yeah. And it has stayed with me forever because I was like, that is amazing. Like what a sick kill. And I put this kill right up there with it. It was a great kill by Buffy. Ugh, and what a perfect man. Okay. Saeed? Yes. I think people might have thought you were talking about Sabretooth. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Saeed is a perfect man. Yes. Okay, so Drusilla can feel him die. Yes. He dies, and we see her flip, flip. his card over. Mm-hmm. And I'm confused because Drusilla says there's three, but Giles says they will come forever. And so I, maybe you know what, I mean, does Drusilla know that only three of them are on the case? Was Giles wrong? The way that I interpreted it, and I don't remember if we get any more information about this, Mm -hmm. was that um, Spike was like, yo, Order of Taraka, and Drusilla had either just flipped over these three cards or subsequently immediately flipped them over, and it was those those three. particular three. Yeah, so I don't know if like, I don't know how Spike is like paying for this. And maybe he like maybe he only paid for three. Right, 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 um, right. But but who knows? Maybe we'll find out in um, part two. Yeah, because Giles makes it sound like being they'll paid... just keep coming. Well, because you know Giles when he gives us the history or the like mythology of the Order of Taraka, we learn that they are so dangerous because they have no earthly desires. And so that's what I think threw me into confusion because, you know, yeah, fine, maybe Spike paid three in quotes, but like it sounds by Giles' description that they don't care about money. They don't care about any, you know, that their their only desire well, is to is hit their to mark. Hit their mark and collect their bounty. So they do care uh, only about money, but no other earthly desires. And that kind of brings us to this scene between Giles and Buffy and, and the Scooby gang um, mm. where he scares the shit out of Buffy. Giles does, or at least Giles in combination with Angel. And it, leads to this scene where Buffy is walking down the school hallway and there are a couple of like funny moments in the scene like when the guy the teacher combing his hair like hits this sound cue right (laughs) like that's pretty great but but it's like Buffy's kind of having an anxiety attack of some form I think in this scene and I I say that as somebody who has had anxiety attacks where you know she's really just like the the world is kind of like closing in on her um, and she doesn't know like what what is real and what is not kind of a deal um and she winds up you know pinning oz up against the the wall and then she like walks she's kind of like in a daze she walks to her house she passes her house and of course she eventually winds up at angels um she's really scared and Mm -hmm. this is really only like the sec maybe the third time we've seen Buffy this scared, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, seen Buffy scared. One being, of course, she was afraid of the ventriloquist dummy. She, was, <laughs> she had a very off episode, that episode. But then, uh, you know, Prophecy Girl. Right. She's obviously very scared. Um, but she has two people who usually are trusting her to fight, telling her to hide. So you kind of get where her fear is coming from. Um, and lucky for us, that means we get to see a whole bunch of the inside of Angel's uh, apartment. Yes. We've seen the fridge before. Right. <laughs> I feel like his apartment was sadder the last time we were there. Uh, now it has a statue in a glass case. It with does. Some very museum-like lighting. Very nice desk area. I like Angel's uh, desk like area. That workstation. Right? A good chair. His, his tousled twin bed covers. Oh, is it a twin? It's very small, yeah. It's mm. a very small bed, which it does not add up to as Angel to me. I feel like if Angel would have like a king size bed with vi- with like yeah. red velvet blankets, Ye- which he does have the yeah. blankets, <laughs> but like the the bed, just I would have think I would have thought it would be bigger. Um, but yeah, so we we get to see Angel's apartment. Buffy is staying there hiding. Yeah, yeah, and she kind of falls asleep. Yeah, and this also, like, reminded me of the fact that in the 90s, because I was like, man, Joyce is away. Like, the only way that Joyce can reach Buffy is by calling the house phone. And Buffy's not there. And Buffy's not there. And Buffy, like, hasn't really been there. And and it reminded me of the fact that, you know, now, you know, your kid goes, whatever, you can reach them at any point in constant time. Constant contact. Constant contact. What's that song you're singing? Constant craving. Oh. 
I don't know that song. What? Jenny. Anyway. You know. Okay. We'll talk about that. I'm there. But yeah. So, you know, I just remembered that like your my mom couldn't reach me unless I was in a place where she knew where I was. It's just a different way of, of being a parent back then. Yeah. Um. Anyway, luckily, I don't think Joyce calls. Right, right. So She's we're busy fine. with art. I want to hop back for just a second because yeah. uh, there's something that nobody cares about except me that I'd like to talk about and something that's important to I the art I am certain here. that at least one other person cares about whatever it is you're Okay, say. well, the thing that I care about is that they just slice the Taraka saber-tooth guy's throat with an ice skate and leave him there on the ice. When the rink opens tomorrow, <laughs> do the rink attendants just happen upon they get that old zamboni out you know oh, what i mean boy i know what you mean i just really wanted an excuse to say zamboni yeah, so thank you, you. found it <laughs> thank that's you for great giving it to me now the second thing about that scene that i'd like to mention that we didn't mention mm-hmm. is that a beautiful woman in silk pajama <laughs> bottoms sees Buffy making out with a vampire oh right of course sorry i, I did miss so that. that that's a key key is... moment Important and she is like, "What the fuck?" Yes, that's her inner monologue. And then Angel pays a, vil- a visit to his old pal Willie, the Willie. bartender, the demon bartender. Willie, Willie, doing his best job at the stereotype of an Italian barkeep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which I enjoy as an Italian. Right, right, right. right. Sorry, I know. It feels maybe, like home. Feels like home because you know stereotypes sometimes they're real accurate. And let me tell you what, I know a lot of Willies. That's all. I know some Willies too. <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. Great. You're from oh, Long Island. Yeah, a lot of a lot of willies in uh, Long Island. Uh, sorry, New in New Jersey and on Long there Island. There it is. That is how you say those things. Um, right. So while while Angel is questioning Willie, the reluctant snitch, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> somebody shows up and thwops him over the head. Yeah, and it's a beautiful woman in silk pajama bottoms. Angel really milks the like. Uh, head shaking after punch situation. I feel like every time Angel gets punched, there's like an extra couple there's of like seconds. A boing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and while they're fighting, mm-hmm. um, we see the silk pajama bottom wearing beautiful woman speak for the first time. Does she? She speaks while they're fighting. Uh, I thought she spoke for the first time once she locked him in the cage. Well, she actually says, now I think it's funny, and then closes the door. Oh, uh, okay. 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 So this is the point at which I would like for you mm-hmm. to share what you learned on the internet. Re Right. Well, you had told me this because, so Jenny has watched a lot of the DVD commentaries. Um, <laughs> well, yes, that's, I mean, yes, I think I that's, that's, a, that's a good um, resume builder for this Thank podcast. You. Um, and so you had told me before this, because when we first watched the series together, I was like, what is the deal with her accent? Like, come on. Like, what? It's just, it sounds so... To, to me, it sounded like very inauthentic. It sounded off the mark. It sounded almost like this, a stereotype of a yeah. Jamaican accent. Um, and Jenny let me know that on the DVD commentary, Marty Noxon actually talks about the fact that um, Kendra, I named her. Was I allowed Kendra. to name her now? Now was a good time. Great. Kendra was not intended to have an accent initially. It was a last-minute decision. They brought a dialect coach to set who, for whatever reason, trained her to speak in this very specific accent, um, this very specific accent from an obscure region of Jamaica. And then I'm reading now from um, Buffy's wiki uh, that says, cast, crew, fans, and even Bianca Lawson herself have stated that it sounded like a very bad impersonation of a common Jamaican accent. So, yes. Yeah, so this is just one of those things where, uh, you know, something happened that was off the mark. Um, it wasn't done for lack of try. It was like almost like they tried so hard this this guy, whoever the dialect coach was, tried so hard to make it something that it wound yeah. up sounding like not a good thing. <laughs> not a great thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, Kendra is like, yo, the light's going to come in and kill you. Peace out. Right, right, right. You're right, a vampire. Right. Also, somehow Angel's shirt gets like totally opened. Somehow while they fight. Angel's shirt always gets totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Angel's always like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my 
my buttons just keep falling off. <laughs> um, and so then, you know, Willow's asleep at the library, which is important because when she wakes up, she says, don't warn the tadpoles. Don't warn the tadpoles. And we learn that um, Willow has a fear of frogs. Great. Uh, great little character thing to note. And then, and then Giles informs her, like, oh, I figured out what the book is for. It's a, you know, a how to heal a vampire yes. who is very sick. And, and Willow's like, like Drusilla. And, and, and Cordelia and Xander have been sent to Buffy's house to see where she is. And you know what's a great outfit to wear when oh, you, or you're on the hunt to find out where your friend is? Take a polo shirt, but then cut the sleeves off, but then make it extra long so it's yes. a dress, and yes. then tie a sweater around yes. your waist. Yes, yes. Do all those things. My sexuality is Cordelia's Saturday looks. Wow. <laughs> Girl, sorry, right. but I'm into I'm into Cordelia's Saturday digs. Uh, and this moment that happens between Cordelia and Xander was actually people tweeted this at us constantly when we were before the election cycle this last election oh yes when we were in the locker room segment of the nightmare that is the current now current administration um because we get the line verbatim from xander here where xander you know cordelia is like why'd you call me just to get a ride what am i mass transportation mm -hmm. xander says well that's what a lot of the guys say but you know that's just locker room talk the patriarchy. The hard at work. Hard at work. This is blatant patriarchy at work here. Cordelia doesn't miss a beat. She comes right back with a retort for Xander. And I would like for us to play the Cordelia jingle for a different reason this week. For the reason of, Cordelia, we love you and we are sorry that you have to deal, like the rest of us, with the patriarchy. Nice. So then Norman Fister shows up and he's all like, rap a tap tap. And Cordelia's like, yes. And he's like, would you like some free makeup samples? And here's the thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I buy Cordelia's like extreme enthusiasm about, about free it being samples. free. I feel like she has a bar yeah. of like what kind of quality right. of cosmetics she's using. And like, I feel like she has a routine and a thing worked out. Yeah. Like Cordelia wants to pay a lot of money for whatever she is using. So it's part of her, like, status situation. Yeah, so this is a small hole for me. But I'm willing to look past it, mm -hmm. and we'll find out next week what the result of Norman Pfister entering the summer's home is. Gosh, I know. That's why these To Be Continued <sighs> episodes are just, they just kill me. They just kill me. Yeah. Um. So, right, Cordelia and Xander are in the house with Worm Man. That's mm -hmm. the last we see of them before the episode ends. Angel is locked in a cage where the sunlight is slowly creeping towards him. He can't break the bars. Yeah. Really intense stuff happening. And Kendra and Buffy. Now, here's my here's my thing with Kendra here. I, she's, a, she's a vampire slayer. So, right? She's Kendra. I am, she says, actually, why don't we... If there were ever to be an audio clip that we shared for this episode. Yes. Let's actually hear Kendra tell Buffy who she is. Who are you? Who am I? You attack me? Who the hell are you? I'm Kendra. The Vampire Slayer. Okay, so wow. Yeah. That's a big reveal, everyone. What is she talking about? She's a Vampire Slayer. Yeah, what the fuck? There's only one Vampire Slayer, and it's Buffy. But if we are to believe Kendra mm -hmm. that she is a Vampire Slayer, what kind of Vampire Slayer is she? Then she is knocking out the, the airplane guy who was just a person not doing yeah, anything, because yeah. Buffy wouldn't do that to a person. And also... You know, there's got to be a moment. I, I get it if she thinks that Buffy is a vampire because Buffy was making out with Angel and she saw whatever, whatever. But, like, at some point during this fight, I think earlier on in this fight than what we see, Kendra would have probably been like, you're not a vamp. Like, you, you didn't turn into vamp face when I started fighting you. That's, a, a, you know, a given. So, so I just find that a little bit odd. But I'm willing to let it go because I love this fight scene. So great. This is a great fight scene. I also love the moment where Buffy calls out, like, don't make me do that girl fight thing. <laughs> yes. I think that's fun. Nails and hair. Mm-hmm. Then the old curtain over the head trick. Oh, the old, the old, Buffy's, one of Buffy's top moves. Yep. The old drape ya and then kick ya. Yeah. <laughs> 
put this drape over your head and now I've got you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they have a great they have a great fight here. A lot of good moves. Buffy gets thrown, breaks a table, the whole thing. And then they have what's really beautiful, the ending scene of this um, episode where they're they're sort of both like in stance, in fight stance, asking each other like, who are you and who are you? We get this yeah. reveal. I'm Kendra the Vampire Slayer. What? what? <laughs> to be continued. So great. The only thing we didn't do is the sexual tension award. Yeah. So many great options. Yeah. A lot of great options uh, this episode. I agree. Uh, like Willow and Career Week. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oz and the Canopy. Oz and the Canopy for sure in the running. Hot, hot, hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Principal Snyder and Authority. Yes. So many places that we see sexual tension. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. personally would like to give it, though, to Buffy and Vamp Face Angel. Yeah. I think they deserve it. I it's think real. It's, it is real. It's very real. I also want to give it to them because I'm sure that filming that makeout scene was hilarious with all of those with all that vamp makeup. makeup. Mm-hmm. Oh god, they had to have such a good time doing that. No doubt, it just seems yeah real hilarious. So congratulations, <laughs> Buffy and Angel. Um, you have won your trophies in the mail. Yeah, you'll see it soon. Thanks so much for joining us this week. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I'm writing songs and recording those songs. You can learn more about me and hear some of those songs at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering. And you can give me a shout on Twitter at JennyOwenYoungs. And I'm Kristen Russo. You can find me on Twitter at KristenNoline. And you can also learn more about my work with Everyone is Gay and My Kid is Gay, two organizations that I run for LGBTQ young people and their families, as well as, you know, all the other stuff I do over on my website at KristenNoline.com. That is K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. You can find Buffering the Vampire Slayer on Facebook and Twitter at BufferingCast. And you can drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. You can support our work by heading on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash BufferingCast. You can give at the dollar, $5, or $10 level and get all sorts of fun things, uh, notably the MP3 files of the songs that we put up every week, Q&A videos with Jenny and I, uh, spoilers that Jenny has accidentally dropped on live episodes, uh, and all other sorts of really fun things. You can also head on over to that Patreon page to see the picture that Jenny and I took of ourselves dressed as ourselves in 1997. Hell yes. Uh, Everyone can see that. You don't even have to be a patron. One more time, just so you know, up on our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com, you can also get that free download of Demons to Fight, the song that Jenny wrote to celebrate 20 years of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And, of course, if you have good things to say, we would love to hear them, most notably as an iTunes review. So if you want to head on over there and leave us a good review, we would be forever indebted to you. Um, And I said last but not least, but there is one more thing. (laughs) Just a reminder that we have new stuff in our store. We have patriarchy shirts. We have fighting shirts. We have buffering shirts. We've got cordat and slayerette pins. We've got new pins that are made by Christine Tuna that are a slayer hand with a stake in it. Hell yeah. Uh, There's a lot of fun stuff over there, and you can find that also on our website, Thank you so much for all that you do to support us. This podcast is becoming better and better every day because of you and all that you do to keep us going. So thanks. Thank you so much. Till next time. My story is written in stone Like going to see the sixth sense And somebody ruined the end Already know just what my future holds I'm the slayer, I'm the only one I'll be fighting till my days are done You're the only freaky thing in my freaky Giles and 
time to prepare The walls are closing in my vision's blurred I'm the slayer, I'm the only one Might be hiding till my days are done You're the only freaky thing in my freaky life That still makes sense You're the only freaky thing in my freaky Kendra says she's a slayer to be continued. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.